hello everybody um right now me and um we're about to start um i'm key as y'all know and i'm joined with my co-host hi <laughs> uh i'm co-host normal co-host even though i'm sounding incredibly awkward right now he's <laughs> <laughs> like hello i am not i have not been replaced by a robot i guess <laughs> Yeah. Why would you think that? I'm normal. Um, I I have to, I want to start this uh this one out with a a little joke, and then I'll tell y'all our topic. Two jokes actually. They're not jokes. They're just memes I saw that were really funny. Um, one of them is on Tierra Wax TikTok. She was at a store and she went She's to. She, she, I can't. I actually, sometimes I have to stop. Like, I can't binge watch her TikToks because I will laugh too hard. It actually, like, is <laughs> actually usually too much for me. But so she, she, um, and so she had this TikTok that said <laughs> that that showed a family restroom. She said, "Oh, look, a family restroom, so we can dookie as a family." <laughs> and, I don't know why. Like, I'm like, what goes through her brain? Like, <laughs> what? Oh my god, that's funny. The the um, other. Oh, yeah, go ahead. What's the other thing? Yeah, no, oh, no, go for it. The other thing is this thing. Um, one of my friends who has an ex extremely interesting sense of humor posted or reposted this person on Twitter named Leon said the AI art thing is fake. I'm the guy who has to draw all the requests, the, like the chess player inside the Mechanical Turk. You're torturing me. I spent every waking hour drawing shit like Joe Biden Asuka wedding and Donkey Kong <laughs> Nuremberg trials. Please stop. I need to sleep. Oh my God. If you want to share any jokes, and then we can get get on our topic. Oh, I don't have a joke, but I have a funny story that happened to me. Um, my wife told me to go pick up six uh, packs of Sprite. Uh, and when I got home, I realized I picked seven up. I cannot deal with your dad jokes. <laughs> That one's yeah. really good because it's layered. It's layered because Seven Up is like you know the Pepsi alternative. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's... like what does he mean? Did he mean he got too many, or did he get the wrong thing? I don't know. <laughs> we love to see it. Oh, um, anyway, today's episode is going to be about pride, and that's a very broad thing. But it's going to be pr about pride, about queerness, and as always, we're going to bring it back to like, um, you know, stuff that has to deal with the working class, maybe being a leftist and what have you, um, as we're both queer people. Um, and at the time of recording, this is Pride Month. So I it was just on my mind. Um, and the first question that I have for Andy, and then we'll just kind of, we'll go down and, you know, talk or whatever. Um, but is how do you feel about Pride Month and like Pride parades and that whole thing? Like the, the big, the big thing, how do you feel about Pride? Oh, wow. I, I didn't know that's where we were starting. Uh, yeah, I feel like I feel like the origins of Pride are amazing. Um, I feel like I feel like the LGBT community um, has one of the coolest uh, cultures um, 
and actually has several cultures, but you know, it, it's just amazing. Like people and I, you know, I, I could only have positive things to say about the history of, you know, the struggle of like LGBT rights and all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, I feel like pride itself has become so ubiquitous and such an ingrained part of the broader culture and the broader systems of power and stuff at this point, like the local pride that we have around here, like it's not a, it's not a parade. It's just a, a venue for you to purchase, I don't know, rainbow colored socks or some shit. And there's not really any like, there's not really any like of the struggle that used to happen, you know, the, the struggling for rights and liberation and stuff. And like, like, I, I just remember, um, I, I don't know if you've ever seen it. Uh, we actually should probably do an episode on this, but there's this documentary on Marsha P. Johnson. Do you know who that is? I do. I do. Uh, she's credited to like, kind of like throwing the, I don't know if she did, throw the, like because mm, my history's not great I haven't watched it but I don't know if she did br- uh, throw the first uh, brick at Stonewall but she's definitely credited as being a, a you know queer uh, uh, like queer and LGBTQ plus rights activist and yeah. um, tons of other things so I know who she is on a very like surface level Wikipedia level yeah there's she's definitely there's like a definitely a mythos around her as, as saying that she's the first one the one who threw the first brick and I think that that as far as I know, that claim is, like, kind of dubious because, like, the brick-throwing kind of all happened pretty close at the same time, you know? Like, everybody was kind of already <laughs> already there or something like that. Like, someone was saying, like, nobody really knows who throws the fir- who threw the first brick, and I don't know if that's because really no one does or there's no way to prove it. I don't know. But suffice to say, yeah, you're right. That is the kind of legend around her. But... I watched a documentary on her life and death and the struggle of uh, gay liberation, right? Which isn't isn't a phrase that I hear very often nowadays. But that was um, kind of like the kind of like a, a, a catchphrase that was thrown around early on in in the Pride movement. And I, I think it's a really interesting thing that we've lost any kind of rhetoric about liberation and now we just have rhetoric about pride and well i think i mean part of what's interesting about that is like what were we what were we being liberated from i don't i don't have a i don't have an easy answer to that but i think it's something that i would like to explore in this conversation like um what were we be liberated from and what have we what and why have we stopped talking about being liberated from it at least very frequently stop talking about it that's all that's 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 my that's my spiel i guess am i still in i can't hear you can you hear me oh i can hear you now hello can you exact- hear me yes i can Okay. <laughs> I don't know the exact like answer the, the the exact like the exact answer to the first question but to the second question like of what we were what we were truly being liberated from and all the stuff but why we aren't in any watch wise pride shifted from liberation to you know let's it's just a it's it is a celebration of history it is but I think 
especially again where we live it's just kind of like buy stuff please and we're going to get into that because we my next thing on there was like rainbow capitalism but i want to talk really quickly about how i feel about pride month and pride parades and kind of the history and the now but i i i really kind of agree with everything you said the history of, of like how things got started and the fight for lgbt i'm i'm not going to say the whole letters y'all <laughs> I'm a queer person. I just say queer or gay usually, so y'all know what I'm talking about. We're, we're, we're officially calling it Big Gay from now on. <laughs> like Big Pharma. <laughs> oh my gosh, they're trying to sell the kids the Big Gay. Um, yeah. But I mean, well, I mean, actually, we're joking, but that's going to get into the rainbow capitalism part, that is. But so what I think is interesting is where we are uh, – uh, we've said this on the podcast before, uh, Augusta, Georgia, the pride is not, we don't have a bad pride. It's fun. It's whatever. I haven't been to it. I, I know about it. I, I, lots of my friends go. I don't personally go to pride parades. Um, and I'm going to need you to look at that fact checking for me while I'm talking. Um, I don't personally uh, really go to uh, pride parades. I, it's, it's for me, it's what a thing I, of like, what am I, I'm sorry for interrupting. What am I fact, fact checking? Our main chat, our producer just added a note. Oh, okay um go for it but yeah but so so there there's oh dang it what what was i at where was i at what was i saying oh yeah i mean i think there's just like a really big thing of like consuming and so i i really always feel like kind of awkward it's 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 crowded it's like people buying things um and i think there's ways where we can celebrate stuff but not lose the, the the so-called edge of what why we started something because we're not done. Uh, fighting for queer rights is not over. So many of my sisters and brothers and siblings, you know, in this world, don't have the rights they should. We don't. We don't all. We're not. If we could, if we were free or all liberated, I think I'd be fine with everything just being a little party. But it's not a party. People are still dying, and so or or and being discriminated against extremely heavily in the states and throughout the world, and so. Um, I kind of do wish the focus was more on that. And and when you were talking about that, one thing I thought about is um, I was, I, I really like fashion. Fashion is really important to me. Fashion is very, goes very hand in hand with the queer community. And uh, a lot of fashion people, like really high art, like designers and stylists and stuff say that fashion's dead because all we have now is aesthetics that really quickly come and go. So we don't really have movements. Like someone can dress goth or punk and have no association with the punk movement, right? It's not like how it was when punk started. And I think for fashion, I actually think that's a great thing. Anyone can try on aesthetic, but that just, you know, style is forever. So you can try all these aesthetics and have a style is fine. I think it's great. However, it made me start thinking about other movements like music and political movements and like how they have lost their edge in a way. And so when we talk about pride, I think I'm like, we're not, during Pride, I don't think we're doing enough talking about things we actually want to change. We're just talking about, I'm happy I'm myself. And I, I, I love that. Like, go off. Yeah. Go off, queen. Go off, king. Go off, royalty. Like, <laughs> <laughs> listen, because like, I'm, I'm happy... Um, I'm happy, but I definitely need to address my privilege. I'm a, I'm a black... I'm, I'm a femme-presenting person. I, I look like a black woman, right? I'm a non-binary person, but... And I'm married to someone who's white, and so people assume that I'm straight and that I'm a woman and also there's lots of other stuff layered with racism and stuff but like I do have the privilege of being in a heterosexual so to speak even though I'm not 
cis relationship, um, like heterosexual presenting. And and I, so I do have the privilege of being like, oh, well, you know, I'm myself, but I, I don't think I've ever formally come out to most people I know. I really just, unless they literally ask me something specific, but I have that, that kind of privilege and everyone doesn't have that. And it also makes me afraid for people I know who like, they, they can be harassed, killed or worse for sexuality, gender expression, all these other things in, in their gender. And, um, you know, and I know I do have like a privilege of like, again, the situation I'm in, but I I do wish that we could get up and start like maybe during Pride, we do a couple of, I don't know, rallies, <laughs> not just like a parade or like, let's just have like some, a music show. Cause while those are fun and then at the music show, someone's like, okay, and this is dedicated to all the people we've lost okay let's dedicate it to them then what are we doing and i'm not yeah. talking about donations i'm talking about because monetarily think mon money is good but i'm talking about labor what are we doing and so um yes so uh that's that was my piece i must stop talking <laughs> oh no yeah uh so kind of like what i was kind of like inspired to think about while you were were talking with kind of like Especially about like rainbow capitalism, all that kind of stuff, um, and hanging back, whatever. Uh, is it's this? You know, Fred Hampton always used to talk about like how, you know, he wasn't trying to create black capitalism. You know, he was trying to create, you know, communism. You know, he was he was trying to abolish that capital relationship. And I think that a really strong analogy can be drawn to like rainbow capitalism and black capitalism in the sense that like. I think Pete Buttigieg, for example, represents the same for like gay people in general as like maybe like Obama represents for black people in a sense, because, you know, he's this like, super successful, openly gay um, politician, powerful man, you know, big, big, strong power on top of the pyramid, you know, and like, I think kind of like wrestling with that question I, I posed earlier, like, what are we being liberated from or what do we need liberation from? I think gay people need liberation from Pete Buttigieg <laughs> metaphorically and, and specifically like, like I think that the, that his role in institutions of power and not really just like as an individual, but like the whole institution of power that he serves, right. Is something that we need liberation from. That is the, the structure that is oppressing us that is you know our enemy you know well when you talk about that that yeah the very famous thing of he said i'm not trying to fight white capitalism with black uh, capitalism i'm trying to fight capitalism with communism like when he says that it's like okay yes but some people don't even understand you know what, what communism is and especially now in this day and age most people are just so afraid they're like i don't mm. know what that is you know it's scary it was like but but you know like it's it's really interesting because that you said that because there, there's this phenomenon and I think there's an actual word for it. There's so many things within the in the black uh, community that like I, I'm so happy I, I I'm able to like learn about these things. There's obviously we all kind of I think a lot of people know about generational trauma, which is the thing for with black people and especially you know those who their ancestors were enslaved having trauma around that stuff like literally genetically passed down to them. They have like we're kind of born with that. The the, the like right but there's another thing that we have a phenomenon where we have this kind of thing i think i like to comment like call it like this kind of like 
the come up effect. And I think what that is really is like, oh, once one of us win, we all win. And I hate that. I really hate that because um, I don't I don't really have I, well, I have a lot of criticism of Obama. But for me, also as a black person, I was like, I don't know, in um, seventh or eighth grade when he got into office, it was we stopped what we were doing. I'll put on the TV. We were sworn in and stuff. And I, I remember shedding a tear because I was like, wow this black person, like a black person's president, we can do that, a black person's first lady. And I really felt like the sense of pride. And I've talked to um, a really close friend of mine about this. And she said, um, she was just like, it's just, it's, it's, she, she, she knows that it's a phenomenon because a lot of black people, they feel like this pride in other black people. But the problem with it is, it's like, that person isn't you. Like, that's not you. Mm-hmm. And then when a black capitalist succeeds, or when a black politician succeeds, it's not helping the whole community. It's diversifying yeah. capitalism a little bit, a little bit, because there's never going to be tons and mil- like millions of like you know black. I don't want to say never, but I don't know if there'll ever be. But if there is, that's just like okay, we're still under capitalism, all right? Like, how's that helping us, anybody? And so yeah. I think that's. This is Future Key. Um, the audio cut out, so. Uh enjoy Sun Ra and then the return to us being very off track. All right. dang let's well if we're cutting this out let's start all all over but i do want to say okay we'll start from here target (laughs) target is um uh target i want to say started in canada and that's really funny because canada has no targets they got rid of them even though they were successful so we have targets in america in the states but uh they don't have target in canada anymore and that's like really funny it's like imagine something originating from a place and then failing in some way or another. Um, but what we were getting back to, because, you know, audio cutout was uh, the the queer shirt at Target, and Andy was about to talk about that. Yeah, that and that's obviously, like, Target's not the only offender here, obviously. Like, um, I'm just using this as an example. Um, whatever I can say about, whatever I'm going to say about Target can be applied to basically any corporation. I mean, like, I don't, I don't think that there is a single exception to what I'm going to say. So, um, the issue that I have with queer shirt is that like target 
Target is not, you know, a queer person. Target is a corporation, probably most likely um, staffed by, you know, white men at the upper echelons. And, you know, even if it had upper echelons of like gay people, like the fact is, is that the employees of Target, you know, um, who have their labor exploited, who make these shirts or, or whatever, you know, sell them. Um, these employees are themselves queer people who are having their labor exploited and Target is benefiting from that and siphoning off the value that their, that their labor is producing, you know? And like, until Target stops having that exploitative relationship with queer people, like there's nothing about Target that is inherently good for queer people, you know? And that's kind of like um, what I was I was saying earlier, like um, this like ally industrial complex that we have of like as long as as long as you're like you know you, you even do something like I like obviously a queer person who wants a shirt that says queer on it and the fact that they get access to that it's good for them right so you do this like tiny little inconsequentially good thing and then like you hide behind that veneer uh to do basically to perpetuate harm you know and i think that like target doesn't have any skin in the game of queer liberation right target benefits off of the oppression the ongoing oppression of queer people in the form of, of nothing else of the the exploitation of their labor so until Target has skin in the game and is willing to fight tooth and nail like queer people have to fight for their own liberation, um, Target is going to continue to be the problem and, 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 and incapable of being a solution, right? Like the fact that they're, yeah, I don't know. Uh, that, that, that's all I'm saying. It's like, it, it's not just Target, it's capital, right? Like capital cannot right. be the solution because capital is literally the problem. Right. And, and so, you know, one thing I wrote down and like, like, again, like Andy said, this isn't just Target. I mean, there's a shirt. I took picture, a picture of an old Navy came out like in uh, April or May when I was shopping and it says he, she, they, them, human in rainbow. Oh, God, and it's like, Jesus. oh, geez, I didn't know that I'm a human. I didn't know queer people could be human. And, you know, so um, there's, you know, there's that there's there's stuff like that there's there's the problem of people kind of not understanding and even if they do you know even if and, and i i can tell this and we'll talk about this uh a little bit later as a queer person who's been in leftist uh spaces who's been in like groups and, and organizing and doing community stuff uh sometimes i'll be the only black person not the only queer person but the only black person and they'll be like oh let's let's hear from the from we need to hear from the black community and i'm like oh well i, I can add to this and they're like not you so they so whoever made this shirt at old navy maybe they had um and we're not gonna just diss brands i'm gonna get to a point here but maybe they had you know queer people gay people lgbt person or people on the board for that but it's like it's such a over it's such a weird oversight because like maybe they weren't listening or maybe these people are so high up and they're like oh this is a great thing but what it reads to me i think maybe I don't know, six years ago for me, I'd be like, oh, this is cute. I wouldn't have bought it because uh, I was terrified of anyone knowing that I was like any, like remotely queer in any way the last like, I don't know, 10 years ago. But I think now that I see stuff like that, I'm like, are you saying that 
you're human as well. Like, what are you trying to say? It was, it was just really weird. But what you were saying, Andy, is that, you know, with all these, these, these stores, these companies, capitalism in general, what it really does when they're doing things like this, when they do things like this for Pride Month, Black History Month. And I, you know what? I thought, you know, I used to always be like, oh, Black History Month is too short, right? But now they made Juneteenth a national holiday. And now these, these people, are up here like, oh, Juneteenth, if you're black, use use code freedom to get three-fifths off your purchase. It's like, Jesus, like, listen, <laughs> let's roll that back. Did you say three-fifths? Like the compromise? And it's like, oh, no. get, get 40% off. Maybe you're not getting your 40 acres in a mule, but you will oh. get a great deal. You know, <laughs> most of these things are from things I've like made up or I've seen on TikTok, but it, it is, it's kind of egregious. And they do the same thing during Pride. And um, what it is to me, because I love my analogies, it's like a parent who controls a, a toddler who is, maybe the toddler is, is misbehaving or maybe they're upset, they're angry. They're like, listen, I'll get you some ice cream. I'll give you some ice cream if you stop crying. I'll give you some ice cream. And they're like, oh, why not? No, I'll get you some ice cream. What flavor do you want? And you're like, I want um, something to celebrate myself flavor. Okay, we'll get you pride shirts. So stop talking about unionization or whatever yeah, it is. Yeah. Whatever it is. And that's what it is. That's what that's what the, the, uh, uh, the, the bulk of this is. And I think that's what sours pride for me a little bit. Although... Um, I've bought some Black History shirts at uh, at a Target before. I know tons of my friends who've bought Pride stuff, whether that's from an independent seller on Etsy or from a big store. I don't. I'm not judging anyone for consuming these things, right? I I don't think that's fair. Um, you know, we have what we get. I you know, there's nothing we we consume that hasn't been made from exploited labor. Like it's it's yeah. sad to think about it that way. And I'm not trying to be completely pessimistic, but that's the case. So if you're gonna enjoy stuff, enjoy it. I'm not saying not to buy any of this stuff. What I'm saying is I think we should be really critical of these companies. You can be critical at the same time. I mean um um the the shirts that I usually buy around Black History Month from Target, they have like, oh, proceed like proceeds of this purchase will go to the artist who created the shirt. And you artist is like a black woman or something like that. And I'm like, oh, this is really cool. But then I'm like, I wonder how many proceeds. So you need to be critical. And um yeah. I mean obviously uh listeners, I'm not telling you what to do, but it would be nice if you're critical because when you start being critical of these things, you can start saying like how everyone is affected top to bottom because on the whole these things seem harmless but you know i think they can really do some damage sometimes like sometimes when people are trying to help they can be hurting like the same thing of the you know the parent trying to get the toddler to calm down get an ice cream okay you got them ice cream but now all they know is like oh well maybe if i if i'm upset if i'm having a tantrum i'll get rewarded or maybe they're thinking like oh they don't want to listen to my emotions they just want to silence me there's so many things that could be going on through that little toddler's head who's you know and so in the same way we need to be kind of critical if you know yeah. if that does that track does that make sense yeah, no, yeah, that makes sense. And and like by by saying like to be critical of these things, it's not even saying the same thing as like don't buy the shirt, right? Like if you want a shirt that says queer on it, by all means, go ahead and buy a shirt. I mean, you know, I'd rock it. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's, it's, there's no, it, it's not about like it's not like there is no ethical consumption under capitalism. Is the is this kind of slogan, right? Like, there's I'd buy that shirt. I'd buy that one. Yeah, um, <laughs> but like, <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, but like, I think, I think like you were earlier, you were talking about, um, about people having pride for, um, for the, the kind of success of other people who are in maybe the same identity category. 
Um, and it's just like, it was really interesting. You're using the word pride there. Like, like um, you're, cause you were talking about it in like the, the context of like black people and like black struggle. And well, that's what it is. Cause you know, it was black pride. Remember it was uh, yeah. black and proud and stuff. And, and same thing. It's like gay and proud. Right. But that, the word pride is what, that's what's just that's why it's like so complex because i again i still feel these things sometimes i'm like oh someone's like yeah it's like i see she did that she made it she has all these things and it's like she has this company you know like go rihanna and it's like well no offense and yo don't 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 write us hate mail i love rihanna she's all right i like her i like her music and, and makeup and stuff but like her being successful doesn't really I don't want to say it doesn't impact me. Like if someone's an artist or something or a producer, maybe it'll impact me in some way, but it doesn't really affect my life. And, yeah, I, and by that, you know, I mean like my money isn't changed. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Like I, obviously I think that it's good that we have that. I don't, I don't, I don't think it's a re- regression that in society, like gay people can be CEOs now and be openly gay and black people can you know, own property and so on and so forth. Like these are all like obviously good things that it is an improvement on where we were before. Right. Um, and I'm not trying to like disparage the fact that society is like treating people equally, but what I'm kind of trying to say, I think it like as a broad point is that like the society is still not good, not working out for the majority of people. Right. Because those structures are inherently like, pyramidical and only a few people can win and it's it it's like you play stupid games you win stupid prizes you know and like Mm -hmm. before we weren't even letting everybody play the game and it's better that to let everybody play the game but we're still even though everybody gets to play now we're still winning stupid prizes like that didn't change (laughs) because the game is just not a good game um and what else was i gonna say Oh, oh so like with the like with like having like like pride like yeah it's like kind of like saying like going off what i just said like it is better that we have pride now right that's it's it's obviously it was worse whenever we were like shamed so like as in society like on a regular and we still are yeah but like it it, is where there's a lot more acceptance now and that's 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 a good thing but like it's like pride isn't enough right like it's not enough just that we have pride and the fact that we're that we're queer of some sort, it, it it seems like what we like like maybe that's important on the stepping stone. It's good for self esteem and it does improve your quality of life. But you still need liberation, you know. And it's just it's just I feel like it's tragic that we've stopped talking about liberation and 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 instead we talk you know we we call our celebration period we call it pride. Yeah rather rather than liberation you know and there's not even any talk of it so i mean yeah, yeah and i mean and i will say once again i mean i i've i've been to some things where like you know say there's a performance a singer or you know some, a performer going up and they'll say oh this is dedicated to all the our loved ones you know or at the end of it and like let's take a moment of silence but and not that those things aren't great uh, and, and good but I just, I want to see more, I want to see more fighting. And I mean, I'm not talking about getting violent, y'all. I'm talking about like, literally kind of like, I mean, I no, 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 I'm not, no, I'm not. But <laughs> what I'm talking about, <laughs> I had to think about it. 
<laughs> what I'm talking about is kind of like we can't we can't for me it's hard for me to go out and enjoy stuff when I don't I have I I don't always feel safe and I know a lot of my friends don't feel safe like mm-hmm. I have some friends who will not go to pride because they're like if something happens they come for me first mm-hmm. and you know like I mean I to be honest with how how wild things nowadays I'd be feeling like that if I'm in a grocery store that's too crowded <laughs> I feel I don't feel so great in those you know in, in two crowded spaces and 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 in in this like really I don't know violent time that we're in and so yeah that's been a, another thing with me I mean I've lived in the three big places of of Georgia born and raised in Atlanta never been to Atlanta Pride never been to Savannah Pride when I was down there haven't been to Augusta Pride but you know this year might change I might go for a little bit for like an hour and then leave and you know. <laughs> you know, go with some friends and then leave and just, uh, but I, 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 I want like, you know, the days where there's a pride parade or, or, or like a, a day where they're just like selling stuff. How about like, there's an hour on a stage where someone just talks about not just like, Oh, this is who you can donate to, but like, Oh, if you guys want to get together and do something about the really, you know, uh, the really anti-queer laws that we have, for example, in, um, our, area i don't know if it's a certain county um in the augusta area or csra area but there's definitely uh in the this is the case in a lot of uh states and cities and counties in the south if you change your name and it's not marriage you have to put in the newspaper and that brings up a lot of problems especially if you're a trans person you know because that's scary like that means if you legally change your name and they see that name is from one uh you know supposed and i say supposed because i gender is very hard for me to understand but for say something a name that someone considers masculine to a feminine name people will and and you have to put your address too you have to put your address with it or something like that it's either you your name your address or name or number it's something like that because I read it and I was like, is this still the case? And it's still the case where we live. Um, and it's like, okay, so they literally said, dox yourself, sweetie. And it's like, that's terrifying because I'm like, um, when I got legally married, I didn't have to put my name in the paper, newspaper. Mm-hmm. Why are we doing this? And I think the reason why it scares me is the only people who still need to read the newspaper are, at least in my area, old conservative people. <laughs> yeah. You know? So, I mean, it puts yeah. a target on your back. And I mean, in even smaller towns, you know, it can be hard. And um, there's there's this uh, really cool show I really like. It's on HBO Max and stuff. Uh, it's called We're Here, and it has Bob the Drag Queen, Eureka O'Hara, and Shangela, three really cool and famous drag queens that I love so much. And they go and uh, they go to small towns and they put on a drag show. And and that that might be for some like. Uh, they put like three different people in drag. So that might be like a parent who's struggling with their children who just came out or teenager or whatever. That might be someone who's queer themselves. That might be someone who's straight, who's just trying to show their community. Like, you know, there can be diversity in the community and things can be fine. And uh, the thing about that is like, a lot of people think that queer people want to just leave small towns if they're from a small town or leave the south if they're from the south in the same way they're like well if a black person is in a place with a whole bunch of like racist people or if they're in the south quote unquote because a lot of people think the like south is the only racist place in the states for some reason mm-hmm. they're like why don't they just move to the, the north and it's like oh, jesus some, well some people like where they live and bob the drag queen was saying this on this a different podcast talking about the show he was like some people like where they live 
Some people like being from a small town. It's scary for them and it's hard to be queer in a small town, but they like they like where they live. They don't want to move. And that's even, even, valid. Even if, they, even if even if like the homophobia or the racism or whatever makes them want to move, that's a bad thing. Yeah. It's a bad thing that they now want to move because they're surrounded by homophobes. Like the problem isn't that they have not decided to move and they've decided to stay. The problem is that there's a bunch of fucking homophobes. Right. Yeah. No. It's not. It's not their fault that they. They. They're like. They didn't want to move to New York City because, to be honest, I mean, or they didn't want to move to Atlanta. They don't want to move to wherever. It's just like, okay, well, they don't have to. They don't. You, yeah, you can. You can. They're allowed to stay. Like anyone's allowed to stay where they are. You know. I don't. I. Uh, Southern girl, born and raised. I could see living in another country, probably, maybe, but I could only really see myself living in the South, and it's pretty really shitty for me and my partner a lot because again he's he's a white person so you know we get a lot of stares and we get a lot of shit and um in a little bit i'm gonna bring up loving day because that's really important and that's um tomorrow and i want to talk about that and kind of some some thoughts on that um but yeah it's there's this kind of notion that the and this comes from all sides of the political spectrum it doesn't just come from like oh you, if you don't like it get out from like people who are like a little bit more conservative it comes from people who are like more like liberal or even leftist sometimes it's like well why don't you just leave it's like we don't need to we don't have to <laughs> we don't need to yeah. leave people should yeah. e like people should respect me that's why you know yeah i totally hear i totally feel you and that that's like 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 i was talking about earlier like skin in the game like like people would they give these kinds of answers obviously don't want it to change right and i feel like I feel like that that's wrongheaded. I feel like that they're wrong that they that they that they misapprehend their own self-interest, right? Whenever that's the position they uphold, I think that it's like a it's it's kind of like a just a dumb idea. I think that they're literally like they're just incorrect, and in that the correct position is that you know gay liberation will help you, straight person. It, it is good for you. Um, but they just don't see it that way, and obviously they've aligned themselves with the, you know, the homophobic um, structures that that oppress us, and, and not just like raw um, exploitation, but you know, like like these laws that you've talked about, you know. Yeah, um, from big but, to small, because we, again, like I said, we know about a lot of these bigger laws where, I mean, I think I heard the other day, um, one of my friends informed me that uh, Texas, I think Houston specifically, Andy, is trying to get rid of drag queens, essentially, like saying drag queens can't be here, they can't be around children, they can't be this, they can't be 100 feet of this, they can't be this, and I'm like, that's a bad idea, because Houston is really big on really amazing drag queens. Um yeah. But also it's like there's these big laws we hear in the news and these smaller things that you might not think about unless you know someone or you do some research. Like I said, like the little you have to put your name and address thing if you change your name in a city. And yeah. it's like that shit, why would that straight up for anonymity, just like take queer issues out of that. That's just scary to do. Mm. Like, why would I want someone knowing I changed my legal like why and it's not and the thing is it's not in it's not like a federal law. Or federal things, cities can just decide that, and states can just—I mean, you know, counties yeah. or whatever. Imagine, imagine like, imagine like if if cis people were con were like, they they like whenever they turned, I don't know, twenty five, they had to go through a a consultation with a the therapist, and like, are you really 
are you really cis? Are you really gonna be the gender that you were assigned at birth? And then like they're like, yes, that's how how I uh, continue to identify. And then like, okay, well now you've got to go and announce your name and your gender and everything on and your address on on in the newspaper for all these local leftists around here to see and see that you're you're a bad anti-trans cis. You know, you know what I mean? Like that's. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the kind of like like obviously they would never hold themselves to that standard you know what i mean right right and they would never they would think that it would be like un- unconstitutional and all this kind of stuff well it's like you know like these people it, it, yeah it's okay it's hypocritical but also it's just like it's just paper thin like hmm. it's so it's so shallow, you know, like there's not a lot of depth here. I don't understand how it's a debatable issue for some, for so many people. Well, yeah. And I think this, this kind of thing gets down to like the whole kind of topic of pride and, and like LGBT stuff is like a lot of people don't really see human rights as human rights. And that's just become more and more apparent to me as I've gotten older, because um, I I still consider myself a, a optimistic person, a, like a really kind of realistic optimistic person. I don't think everything's going to be great all the time or anything. But I, uh, I, as I've gotten older, I've been like, oh, like some people don't consider human rights rights at all, because like someone just wanting to get married to someone and literally have nothing to do with you that that upsets some people someone wanting to change your name upsets people someone wanting to like do whatever they want with their body that really upsets people and i'm like oh my goodness you know um i wanted to um want to bring up this thing because uh within the last couple months there's been a lot of talk about the whole roe v wade and the decisions on that and someone oh not someone but a lot of people have been talking about how it would set the president precedent to potentially reverse a lot of things i.e uh gay marriage or other things or or um interracial marriage i.e like you know loving v virginia which i think that was a 19 i was gonna say 56 but that's not right it's 1965 or 1967 producer if you're still listening give me some fact check on that but the loving versus virginia case was uh these uh the family um the, the loving family versus the state of Virginia, which made it up to the Supreme Court because in the state of uh, Virginia at the time and all throughout the South, mostly there was um, anti-miscegenation laws. And that was essentially like, you cannot be married. It was really kind of a lot more like kaleidoscopic, but it was really like white people couldn't be married to black people. And it was really hard on like, uh, you know, interracial couples in the South. And so some states, you could be married interracially and it wasn't they never really had laws on it but in the south we had laws against it and there's a it's like two or three different movies on the loving family one i think mm-hmm. it's just called loving one is called loving day or whatever you can look it up they're both good and um i celebrate loving day every year with my partner and it's because sometimes i look think realistically i'm like it could be scary out here i like uh, <laughs> when yeah. i saw when i saw the coup uh in 2020 i was like you know what scary out here like i might (laughs) what if i have to leave one day what if they repeal my marriage what if they would they get rid of my rights what if they do this what if they do this and i and i don't think all that stuff is that likely but i don't think it's improbable if if you know what i'm saying not trying to sound conspiracy but i don't think it's improbable if we're talking about trying to repeal roe v wade on a big scale i don't think it's 
like I don't think it's silly to start talking about them trying to repeal other things. And yeah, well, that um, that Roe v. Wade uh, decision was based on uh, privacy laws. It was it was like basically they were saying it's a violation of a woman's right to privacy, you know, to even be involved in this and decide whether you know, like investigate whether she's had an abortion or whether or, or all that kind of stuff and the privacy aspect the reason why it's linked to a loving v virginia is because it's this it's the same uh constitutional amendment or whatever like there's it's it's bound up in privacy as well um yeah and like i feel like it's on way more firm and stable ground with loving right like i don't think that they're gonna somehow repeal loving although the more that they can assault this obviously it does put it in jeopardy and that's like not a good thing i just i'm i'm a less sure that they'll be able to do anything about that and i do think that even though like i oppose in the short term the repeal of uh roe v wade in the long term we've always needed something else because it was always kind of thin it wasn't the firmest foundation and there's right better arguments that could be made anyway you know uh, so maybe it what i mean like if they did try to repeal it, it's like okay how about we make a better law you know if the if the uh blue democrat people up in office was like okay they just did this but we're gonna make a better law i'd be like okay yeah. work yeah yeah <laughs> but like the really what needed what, what should have happened is they should have just made the better law and then repealed it right like they should just replace it first and then, like, okay, yeah, this is useless. It's super, it's superfluous now because we have the actual fix. But like, right. we're never gonna, they're never gonna do that because they, 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 they don't, they don't have any political will to do it, it to do anything. It seems like, you know, they're they're not proactive about anything. For all the like, yeah, obviously the Democrats are smarter than Republicans, and they're, you know, like they're they're less fucking psychopathically like destructive, but they're still incompetent and they're still not able to um, implement their agenda on a regular basis. I mean, we saw this with the infrastructure bill, you know, like they could, the whole party could not whip mansion or cinema in line. Like really, like you have two, two, two people that you need to, who, who are in like involved in like dubious uh, illegal possibly activity anyway. Like there's plenty of, blackmail that you could use to to get them to comply so i mean why weren't you able to do it I, well it's, you know the reason either, go ahead i think the reason for that is uh i saw this on twitter a long time ago but it was just like oh um me can i have rights republicans no me can i have rights democrats no uh a little heart <laughs> rainbow flag she her <laughs> <laughs> good lord <laughs> and true. yeah i mean i've always i've always you know kind of when i like growing up i've always like okay well well i actually growing up i didn't really understand anything with politics or the differences between parties and sometimes it seems like really a very thin line of differences for a lot of people it seems like a major difference but i think it's for me it's like it's not a lot of major differences but i do see that 
that one outwardly facing doesn't at least outwardly facing want to mess up everybody they still want to like you know uplift capital but that that one probably like well maybe these people do care about rights for certain people i'm not sure maybe it's just like not of concern for them they don't care Mm -hmm. about caring about people right but yeah it's it's kind of really a hard thing when people are like, oh, Georgia finally turned blue. And it's like, oh, the house is majority blue. And then stuff, like really major stuff is happening. And they're like, we can't do anything about it. I'm like, aren't you running the, the house? Like, yeah. you're like the main people who should be able to do stuff about it. What, like, what, like it's, it's, it's hard for me to understand. And, um, you know, I never paid attention to history class history politics class but i think it's still kind of like from a just like reading news articles and reading things like that and talking to friends about it it's kind of still hard for me to understand why it's 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 come across so difficult for them to um do things um well i i think we could tie this all together to what we've been talking about with this like you know accomplices not allies and and skin in the game and everything like there's not a a robust movement from underneath to put any pressure above in these kind of like power hierarchies, you know, these like political hierarchies of like representatives versus the people who are subject to the laws that these representatives pass. And like without that pressure, without that organized collective effort, which was present in the early gay liberation movement, you know, um, now, obviously, that movement was very incoherent in a lot of ways, had a lot of problems. Uh, you know, in that documentary I talked about, like, Marsha P. Johnson was talking about how she wants her uh, trans liberation, not just gay liberation. And she, she was, like, sitting there fighting for gay liberation, and a lot of these people were, like, ignoring her and her needs, you know? And so, like... Yeah, and can good. we talk about, really quickly, for the first, like... I would say the first few years I started learning about gay history and gay liberation, people would say that she was a drag queen. And Oof. yeah, and, and I saw like, as, as, when I say people, I mean, not, not just people talking about it, but I mean, I remember reading things, like reading actual texts that said this, even if they were online. Wow. And I was just like, how did the fuck? Because I was just like, I've, I always understood her as a, as a trans person, as a trans woman. So it was like, okay, that's weird. But that maybe that's like, and, and, I, and I, I wish stuff like that was highlighted. And another thing I, I this is, I don't want to get too, too off topic, but I have a huge problem with people who are activists of their time and people like treating them like trash. And I know that's usually the case with activists, but it's just like, people are giving all her flowers now. Like, oh my gosh, Marsha P. Johnson. And they like, they think of, they think of her as the queen of pride, so to speak. And it's like, mm-hmm. when we talk about how she, much she fucking suffered first. Yeah. But d- despite the fact that she was so, in, such an important figure and did so much, she was also marginalized by the movement at the time. Okay. And does that, hold on. That's, that comes to the thing that I didn't, we didn't, I didn't cover yet, which is being queer and leftist spaces. Mm-hmm. Um, because yeah. I mean, and that could be a whole, but th- that can just be here. Um, because I, <laughs> I definitely would love to do an episode of being black and leftist spaces. I just got to find another black leftist. Um, I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, uh, there's Jason. Oh, for yeah, sure. We interviewed him recently. So yes, and uh, I mean, there's, there's. I think I know like two or three people that I definitely consider, you know, like they they consider themselves leftists and, and they're also black. But I, it's just, it's not that we don't exist. It's just like where we are located. It's been hard for me to find people aligned with it. But um, 
for me, being in queer leftist spaces has been that experience of being like marginalized further, whether I'm black or queer or both of those things and people not really listening. And I think there's an overwhelming amount of, especially when we get to Twitter, baby, white leftists and they be talking on stuff and then a black person will say something and they'd be like, oh, not you. It's like, okay, hold on. <laughs> what is going on? Like, what is going on? Like, why why is my voice not important here? Even though I'm, yeah. I'm, we're fighting for the same things. And so it's like wild to know that she led a movement for gay rights. And she was like, I want this to be about gay rights and trans rights because I'm trans. And people are like, yeah, shut the fuck up. Help us with gay rights. <laughs> like, yeah. and, it, and, you know, and that's kind of further stuff because, you know, so much black women are... Um, Black women lead a, lead a lot of women. Women is really, but a lot of black women have led a lot of movements in in the United States, and it's really weird how like people use black women as this like still as the the, the mammy and the mother caring figure, and oh she's strong and oh she's this, but when she's asking for help, no one's listening. But when mm-hmm. you need help. She, oh, we know she's gonna be there, and I know in my own life yeah. I, I've experienced that, like way you know, since I was a child. I mean, there was a time where I was a child, and someone said I was like a little, like a second mother to my younger sibling, and my younger sibling is eleven months younger than me. <laughs> I was like, yeah. oh, I'm a mom too. Oh, okay, um, work. I think I think that part of the issue there is. Uh, unlike the people she was dealing with, Marsha P. Johnson understood the interconnectivity and the mutual interests of struggle, right? She understood that, like, homophobia affects trans people and transphobia affects gay people because patriarchy is the mutual enemy of both. And and, and it's really just punishing people based on deviation from it, you know? Like, it's it's punishing deviance wherever it finds it. And so, like... The deviance of homophobia, the deviance of trans of trans people, it it does it doesn't care whether you're gay or trans. It's gonna it's gonna marginalize you. It's gonna marginalize you in different ways, of course. Mm-hmm. But you know the fact is it's the same enemy, and the enemy's using the same kinds of tactics on you both. You know, denying your identity is legitimate. All this kind of stuff. So like, she she saw all this. You know, and I don't know how conscious of it she was, but like she was at least conscious of it enough to know that like it was in her interest to fight for gay liberation. You know what I mean? And like, that parallels to like when you were talking about Fred Hampton earlier, Fred Hampton very famously, or for some people, infamously, infamously worked with a group that were basically like Confederate poor rebels. They were like poor mm, yeah, people, and 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 it's in. If you see, um, if you watch Judas and the Black Messiah, it's in that movie. And he goes mm-hmm. into all these white people, and they have a big Confederate flag, and like the black guys that are with them in the in the in the Panther Party, they're like, I don't want to work with them. They they like these people are. It's like we're working for the same thing. And Fred goes, he's like, okay, your children are in this. They're not in the same neighborhoods as my children, but they both don't have food, right? Like yeah. so, he he brings up all these, things and it was very intersectionality before we even talked about intersectionality. People love to put mm-hmm. intersectional intersectional feminists in their bio and all this stuff, but when we're talking about real intersectionality of like my struggle is your struggle, and it's all what is we're all we're fighting against this one big thing, and both of them impact each other. It's just so important. And like you were saying, it's like um how you know the, these these two things they're 
they're kind of inseparable because for people, the, the, the person who's doing the oppressing, whether that is a system of patriarchy or capital or whatever, they see it as the same thing. And I know this because I have some conservative people I've talked to before, whether, or people who've had some, they've grown, but they've had some bad takes. Some people don't really see any differenti- like difference between like black people and any other person of color or all poor people is all poor people or all, uh, all gay people is all gay people, no matter what their gender or sexuality is. And, and it's mm-hmm. kind of like, you have to realize that, okay, if they don't see us different, well, at least let's just work together so we can tackle all these issues at once. And it's just, it's amazing for her time that she was able to do that. And even with all the discrimination she was facing while doing it, still doing it. Cause I probably would have been like, you know what? I'm not doing this. <laughs> Y'all <laughs> yeah. are not listening to me. Y'all not helping me out, but she, yeah. you know, that's yeah. And you know, I can't say that I would, I would blame you for that, but I still simultaneously think that what she was doing was like the, the best option. Right. Like, like obviously I, I can't knock anybody for, you know, like if, if, I mean, she got, she was frustrated right with these people she she definitely was not happy with them and like if she wanted to fucking tell them to all fuck off like i'm sure she did it sometime at some points in times you know <laughs> um the the footage i saw uh i actually saw this years ago so I, I i might be speaking out of pocket on some of it but like the footage i saw she um definitely was feisty uh with a lot of these people um, her 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 so called allies and trying to get them to struggle with her. So like, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's totally understandable to want to like bail on idiots and not put energy. And not everybody has the energy of like you know Fred Hampton to to like you know take these struggles that are on the surface distinct and find the common ground in them and. Well, yeah, uh, the patience as well. I mean, I w- imagine, you know, 60s and 70s going into, um, you know, s- someone who seemingly seems so different from you and almost maybe even a hate group, maybe they straight up do not like you. And you're saying, I'm going to go in and try to work with you anyway. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't think a lot of, uh, well, actually, let me see. Not, I don't think I know a lot of leftists I know wouldn't go up to um, some poor people who were like, sons of confederacy, but they did align on they liked unions, they like this, like, they would not go and work with them. Mm-hmm. And I understand, like, for safety, because, like, for some stuff, yeah. I'm not going to do stuff just for my safety. But yeah. I think it's not, it's just, it's bravery, it's patience and strength. It's like, it's, and, and it also does take that type of thing. Like you said, if she's, like, her being feisty and snapping back, it's like, you got to get stuff into line. Because everyone I know that was a really true activist, like, I think about Harriet Tubman a lot. I don't know why I think about her so much, but, you know, she famously shot people. <laughs> who were trying to run yeah, back. She shot a yeah. lot of people. And it's like, honestly, and, and I remember when I learned about that as a kid, I was like, oh my God, that's so scary. She shot people. And then I was just like, as an adult, I'm like, all right, I would have shot them. It's like, uh-uh, you run back, you ruin the whole Underground Railroad. You literally yeah. you literally tell everybody about our secret. I'm sorry, you gotta go. Yeah. You know, it's it, it, takes, it takes a certain type of uh, person for that. And, and I think these people, I don't, really you know believe in that saying oh people's like this only come once in a lifetime i think we have tons of people like this right now in our time maybe even here where we live and in the states i think we have tons of people like this what we need is to get these people together and to get people who are like-minded together and then get people who aren't like-minded on board get them together 
because we're all really working under the same struggle. We really are. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. My my uncle has this uh, little phrase that he told me a lot when I was growing up. He said, there's no such thing as common sense, only common experience. And like that, uh, that little piece of wisdom, I think is really applicable here. Like what makes people a certain kind of way you're saying like, Oh, people say like, uh, the, oh, people like this only come across every so often or whatever. It's like, well, the reason Harriet Tubman was the way Harriet Tubman is was was because of the life experiences that she had and how that shaped her you know and how she like had the how she responded to those to those inputs it's not like she came out of the womb with a shotgun in hand you know as as much as we want to act you know like act like the the mythos behind like a john brown or a tubman is that they, they well were you know we do that and people, I've, you know, around private people, a lot of people do that with Marsha too. They, they, you know, I, I really don't like the idea of when we say, oh, well, we're like, oh, this historical figure. And I'm like, this was a human being. This is a person. They weren't a mythological creature. We mythologize um, MLK a lot. We mythologize, even the left, a lot of people mythologize Fred Hampton a lot. And it's like, he was a person. He was just a regular yeah. person who said, okay, I can't take this anymore. How can I do this? And a lot of these people were just... Uh, you know, but like firsthand accounts when you watch documentaries and stuff, they're like, oh, they were just the sweetest person. They literally were always there for everybody. I know with all the Fred Hampton documentaries and Judas and the Black Messiah, all the movies I've seen um, that featured him, like he literally, he was like, okay, if he went into a room, he was going to make sure he tried to talk to everybody type thing. Um, from That's from what I took from it. And it's like, you kind of have to know that these people were just regular people who were really fed up. They were really fed up. And yeah. we have those people. And I know that because I see all, I see them all the time on TikTok. <laughs> I mm -hmm. see people preaching on TikTok, you know, I see people preaching in the street. Sometimes we have like a rally or something and like someone will be up there, they'd be preaching and then they go off into the distance. We don't ever see them again. <laughs> and it's like, okay, well, that's a Fred Hampton right there. That's a Marshall right there. That's a Harriet right there. Like we, I mean, it, you know, it's, well, we mythologize these people or even worse, like, the the the, the de like deify them make them into heroes we take away their struggle because one thing i don't like other than like the oh historical figure they they were this just important person like you know whatever it's like they were they had had so many struggles they didn't they didn't just like you know wake up and like okay i'm gonna do resistance and that's all i'm thinking about i'm like i'm sure they had to like worry about food and bills and mm -hmm. <laughs> and safety and all these other things we have to worry about now and um i don't know making 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 pride and making people who helped pave gay liberation and you know which you know transformed into pride making that about it's like oh they were a martyr the ultimate sacrifice it's like they were a person mm -hmm. And yeah. Let's take let's add their humanity back into them and not just their they're like, you know, yes, they were a great person, but it's not just make them into a god or, you know, some angel because there are people, I'm sure they had tons of problems and struggles, and there's tons of stuff we won't really know because a lot of these activists, they don't write stuff down. <laughs> they don't have a lot of diaries, they don't have a lot of stuff. Yeah, if they were all like these like these like divine beings, like Jesus, you know, like like the whole like, you know, Christians oh, we're supposed to act like Jesus, and we know we never can, <laughs> you know? It's like, I don't want I don't want that kind of relationship to, to people who I'm inspired by. I don't want to, 
I'm going to be like, oh, I'm supposed to try to be like Fred Hampton, but I'll never be able to be like Fred Hampton. You know, like, no, I want to I actually be like Fred Hampton or as close to it as I can get. You know? Yeah, I want to be my version. I want to be, I want to be, you know, for me, <laughs> y'all, this is going to sound so wild, but I want to be all the great influences that I like. I, I want to be a little, Fred, a little bit of Fred Hampton. Give me a little bit of Jesus. Give me a little bit of Buddha. Give me a little bit of Janelle Monae while you're at it, you know, throw all that stuff in me and then add a little bit of like stand-up comedian just so we're like, keeping it funky and that's what I aspire to be like when people are like oh well we need to be like him or we will but I know I will never live up and it's like okay well not with that attitude and I'm not talking I'm not ragging on Christianity I'm not ragging on the fact like obviously uh for people who believe that like he died and came back it's like no we we probably can't be like that you know um (laughs) we would be zombies we wouldn't come back in the same way we wouldn't you know we're not you know um but I do think it's like no, we can't. He he was like Jesus was a comrade. <laughs> he you know mm-hmm. he he cared about helping the poor, and he often did that. So, uh, and we have like tons of historical stuff about it. And so, um, yeah, we should focus on focus on the the strengths of these people. Remember that they are people. Um, I want to say something else. Um, I can't remember, but but do you happen to have any closing? thoughts or just any less like interesting fun anecdotes like related to pride or queerness or whatever i think i might have a story but i need to think on it um related to pride or queerness anecdotes yeah anything um, or just something about your life or something that you like to share or something because i i feel like i have a story and i'm just looking yeah, for it I, I mean i i don't know um i i've never really like growing up i was not in in the lgbt community I mean, because, and, and I, I emphasize the word community there. Like, I was LGBT growing up, but just not, it. there was no community around me because I was in this really small, uh, podunk, you know, one horse town, basically. Um, and I, it was insanely isolating um, and made it really hard. And there were gay people there. There were even openly gay people there, but like they were few and far between. And I, I had picked up on enough social cues to know that it was dangerous to be associated with them. And and so like it was really it was dangerous to be associated with myself, but I was like hi- hiding, you know. So because it, it's just a dangerous place to be. And I think that like I. Maybe you should have probably put this at the beginning. Uh, editor probably put this at the beginning as a disclaimer. Like nothing that I said here is in any way trying to like disparage the the culture of the LGBT community or even really the culture of pride. Like there's a it's a good thing to have pride. It's just it, like I said earlier. It's just it's just not enough. It, it, we just need more than just pride. Although. Pride is good, and I'm glad that now as an adult I have a lot more of it than whenever I was a child. I think that's so beautiful. (laughs) Yeah. I uh, think what I was going to say is um, it's kind of like a twofold story, but I I agree. I I, kind of wasn't really in the LGBT community when I was a kid because – I mean, lots of people consider like Atlanta to be like the kind of like gay capital of the South. Uh, some people, I've heard that from a lot of different people. And I mean, 
when I grew up, I always really kind of saw like openly gay men whenever I went to the city or, you know, when I was downtown and hanging out or whatever, but I just never really like thought much about it. My identities converge really strangely. And the reason why I use the term queer for myself, or I'll just sometimes just say I'm non-binary because I'm non-binary, bisexual, asexual, somewhere on that spectrum. And also just kind of, I don't know, non-binary, I don't even know if that's the right word. I'm just kind of a person that I know I'm not straight and I'm not cis. And um, I knew that when I was really, I don't know, like 10 or something. But there was a a little show. I don't know if any of y'all have heard of it. It's like very small. It's very underground. It's called RuPaul's Drag Race. Um, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and when it first came out, we had DirecTV, and for some reason, DirecTV gave us the logo channel for free, which is, which I think it still exists. I don't have cable, so I don't know, but it was, a, I think it was like lesbian and gay channel, whatever, that's what it stands for, but, uh, and that's where it premiered, I think, at first, and I watched it, and I was like, love obsessed i was like wow drag is great like i was like this is so cool and and i watched i've watched i think almost every single season of the main franchise and the all-stars i haven't really did all of the um international seasons stuff but i've watched a lot of that show i know a lot about it and so it was always really interesting to me like oh wow these people can transform and i i've done a little bit of drag never performances but makeup and stuff um and I was you know years later I go to college I'm down in Savannah and I was in my um I think college I went to they called it a GSA so you know gay straight alliance I was in my little gay GSA club most of my friends were queer and now most of my friends are queer and I'm very just like happy and blessed for that because although I'm not in a big LGBT community most of my friends are queer and I'm queer so I feel like comfortable being myself I don't code switch also, they don't have to ask what I mean when I say something that might be like gay related. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so we had this thing where we we're going to have like a drag performance because there's a uh, there's a drag scene in Savannah. And so we had performances and then we had this one special performer and it was the person who was Miss Gay America, I think of 2012. I'm not really sure the year, but it was this drag queen um, and uh, she was really cool. She was like, a, I think by day, like a science teacher or something, but she performed to No Place I'd Rather Be. And I was at the front of the stage and that line where it says, when I'm with you, there's no place I'd rather be. She just like stared at me and she started singing to me, like singing to me. And I was crying. Cause like, Oh my gosh. Like, I, cause I had seen drag in real life before. And I have, you know, been in a small, very small community of my friends. But mm-hmm. when she was singing to me, I was just blobbering like a baby. It was just so Aww. beautiful because I was like, she's speaking to me right now. And then I went up to after the show, I was like, were you singing to me? And she was like, yes, you're beautiful. You're special. And I was like, I was, I, it was, it was too much for me. I have a picture with her somewhere on my old phone. And um, that was kind of like the first moment where I was like, okay. It was, which was really, to me, I thought it was really strange because I, I, you know, I didn't even have my septum piercing, so no one would have known I was bisexual yet. Um, so, so, so I was like, I don't even know how she knew I was queer. You were out of uniform. Yeah, I wasn't. Why aren't you in uniform? So, yeah, so, I mean, I didn't have, I didn't have any piercings or tattoos. I, my hair was not colored or shaved at the time. I was like, how does she fucking know? How does she know? Because I was like, I really feel like lots of people always assumed 
actually what what happened when I was in uh, when I was down in Savannah I would be walking with my friends and if my if I was walking with a gay guy who happened to be my friend and we're holding hands and we're talking they would think that's my boyfriend they're like oh your boyfriend just has a great style I was like baby mm-hmm. <laughs> you know this is not my boyfriend but I always was like oh I appear straight I can I can I can mask I can do this you know just like thinking I can mask everything else <laughs> Which apparently I'm not as great as I think I am at it. But she was singing to me, and I swear it was like I mean, it goes up in like my top five, maybe not top ten, maybe top five. It's like right under my wedding and adopting my dog. <laughs> That's like my favorite moment of all time. Because I just felt so like special and so seen. And you know, without things like pride, we wouldn't have that. So um, yeah. So yeah. to conclude, I wanna say, hold on, I actually wrote this down. Um, that we're not, uh, you know, we're not, not trashing pride. We, we like to be critical on this show, but we like to give our real thoughts and stuff. And I, I think I'm going to go to pride. Um, I don't know when this episode is out, but if you see me and you won't even know what to look for, cause you don't know what I look like. If you see me or I guess actually rather, if you hear my voice, come say hi. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, do you have anything else to say for closing? Cause I got a little closing bit I need to do. Yeah, I, yeah. I just want to say, like, I totally agree. We're not trash and pride. Uh, your story was beautiful. That's exactly the sort of thing I say that like, pride is a good thing. Uh, I wouldn't be critical of it uh, if I didn't want to improve it, right? If I didn't think it could be improved. Period. And really, that's yeah. That's how I feel about uh, so many things. Because if I'm critical about it, it means I care. If I do, if mm-hmm. I hate something, not hate something. If I if I dislike something, I really don't think about it you know um but what i wanted to say is that in this episode we attacked target old navy obama rihanna and um a certain peter better check so (laughs) (laughs) so, who knows knows? i don't know (laughs) but so if you want to send us questions statements hate mail or spam you can send it to um the rotten core pod at gmail.com Oh, God, I was going to spell that out like they do on the little podcast with ads, but that's so long. I can do it. Okay. It's R-O-T-T-E-N-C-O-R-E-P-O-D at gmail.com. Is it Rotten Core Pod or The Rotten Core Pod? I don't know. Just eat, send an email to the both. And if you get a, you know, we'll see. Yeah, I don't know. If, you, if you did it wrong, what they'll hear is the, the producer voiceovering, like editing out what you said, and he'll, and he'll be reading. no he won't he'll just just make me record the take okay (laughs) i don't think you guys i don't think you guys will ever hear the producer and that's very sad because that's my that's my partner they have a lovely voice they you know they're great um but yeah i think that's all we have for this time i I had so much fun on this one andy this was like yeah this was great this was cathartic. I, you know, yes. cause we didn't have, uh, I mean, you guys probably, yes, we did have no script. We didn't really have any questions lined up. <laughs> yeah. It was very, it was very, uh, relaxed format. Yeah. Uh, which made it really fun to do. Yeah. Well, we will, uh, well, I guess we won't see you next. I keep saying, see, you're not going to see us. We're not going to see you. Okay. We're, no, <laughs> we're never going to see each other, but we will listen to, no, we're not going to listen to you. Hold on. <laughs> We're listening to you right now as you're listening to us. That's <laughs> we, we, we can hear everything. 